They keep you up at night. They haunt you in your dreams. They will always find you. And there is no escape. Welcome to the new mini-series, where each day we will hear the scariest, most horrifying tales from both distributors and suppliers throughout the month of October. This is Promo Horrors, the haunting tales of your nightmare orders, hosted by Taylor Borst and Stephen McFadden. Welcome back to Promo Horrors, the nightmare ter- tales of your promotional orders. We have an awesome guest with us today, but before we get to our guest, need to introduce the co-host of this podcast, Taylor Borsch with American Solutions for Business. Taylor, how are you doing today? Hello, Stephen McFadden with Perfect Promotions. I am mm-hmm. doing wonderfully. <laughs> today, I'm, I'm super excited for our guest. I would say he's maybe the promo Mr. Rogers. Um, <laughs> I think the last time I saw him, he was wearing a shirt that said, what would Mr. Rogers do? And it was so fitting. He oh, has an arsenal of funny shirts. Um, that could be an entire podcast, I think. So, uh, But before we get to this guest, um, we need to say a special shout out to Hip Promotional Products. Um, Hip Promotional Products, they have an awesome line out called AWS. If you're ever looking to provide some purpose with your products, they actually have a tab at the top of their page, AWS line, and 5% of all their products go back to a variety of charities. So if your customers are looking for an extra special way of how to give promo and how to do promo, I think giving um, given some purpose uh, alongside of the, the actual products is a great way to do that. So check out the AWS line on hitpromo.net. So without further ado, we have an awesome guest with us co-founder of brand fuel co-founder of i think half of the promotional products industry uh promo kitchen promo cares reciprocity wrote all sorts of amazing stuff and who has a super awesome passion for giving back uh including uh the band together uh, adventure that he's he's uh co-founded which has helped raise over 10 million dollars to 18 nonprofits, which is just amazing so without further ado we have danny rosen danny how are you today I am doing uh, fantastic. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Taylor. Glad to be here. Yeah, so we hear you have a lot of stories. <laughs> we, I'm sure there is a bunch as long as you've been you've been doing uh, been projects and awesome stuff in the industry. So what, what do you got for us today? Yeah, I got all kinds of good stuff. Um, I, think, uh, I think I'd start with the story around uh, the interview, uh, is what I call it. Um, awesome. There's a, there, there's a great story of a guy that came to apply for a job here at Brandfuel, and, and I asked him one of those fateful interview questions. I, it was something along the lines of, uh, tell me about a time when you've used ingenuity to make a successful sale and a happy client. And he said, oh, God, I have this great story. Uh, okay. And so I'm sitting back. I'm like, all right, this sounds good. He's highly energetic. Uh, he's, he's, he's looking the part. And he says, um, I had a client that was very interested in getting some bags at a certain price point. And I couldn't find any bags at the price point because they wanted the bags made in USA. And so he decided that he would ship all of the bags that he ordered um, at a cheap price, got the client to agree to it, had the bags ordered to himself. These bags are actually made in China. He shipped them to himself so he could take off the Made in China stickers and then deliver them in person. 
Oh. Oh my god. That's uh that's that's ingenuity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so I was in this uncomfortable situation where I'm like, okay, integrity, ingenuity, ethic. Letters are in there. I'm looking for the hidden candid camera. I'm like, is this a joke? Uh, but yeah, needless to say, he's been working for us for ten years now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what what did you say when that I, I was, I, you know, I was, I, I don't really actually remember. I was so flabbergasted, um, <laughs> it, and I don't think I've ever used that word, but um, I, I was in shock. I really was. And, and I asked him uh, if, how he felt about it, I think, was the question. Like how he said, I felt like I had helped them out by getting the right price point. I, think it, I don't think he really realized that he uh, didn't understand the client and their brand and how important Made in USA was. He was really focused on price. And so we talked a little bit about that and I carried on a conversation as quickly as I could and, and walked him to the door. So Danny, <laughs> Danny in, in our podcast so far, we haven't really talked about um, horror stories when it comes to hiring, but I would imagine that you have to deal with that quite a bit. So have you found that there is a specific question or maybe questions that you make sure to ask every single one of your interviewees? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we're looking for is, um, and we all know this now, but the idea that they're a good culture fit with us. So we ask questions like, um, you know, if you were in a, uh, at a concert and you're standing there and the band's coming on late and you're standing around with a bunch of strangers, if you struck up a conversation, what would you, what would you talk about? Um, we try and find out about if the uh, prospect is curious. Um, and, uh, and we also try and find out if, if they really are uh, positive you know, people and, and those sort of things like you could teach skills all day long, but you can't teach, you know, someone how to, you know, fit in with a culture. And so those types of questions actually are really eye opening for us. It also allows them to sort of get away from the, the droning questions of what would you like to do in the next three to five years? I'm just shocked. I'm sitting here thinking about the guy with the bags and his like, I don't know, I picture it like on his kitchen table and he's not doing a good job getting the, the made in China house, so he just decides to like Sharpie over it or something. Oh, it's yeah. just, <laughs> that's what I have in my head. I'm just like, this is outrageous. So Danny, you actually have uh, another couple stories for us. What, what's, uh, you got another one? Yeah, yeah, I got a whole bunch, man. I haven't been in the industry for a long time. Uh, there are definitely issues that we have come across. Um, I have one uh, that, that we call here um, the brush with the law. And, um, and this story is a, uh, happened during the dot-com days, you know, in, in 2000, 2001. But we had a company uh, in the tech sector that was losing market share. And they really wanted to make a massive splash at their big trade show, at the tech trade show. And so um, they were trying to target their biggest competitor and, and essentially uh, focus on the CEO of this company. And the reason why they were targeting this, the CEO is because he was known uh, you know, worldwide as, as being quite an a-hole. Um, he just was, he, he was hard charging and, and he mistreated people. It was all about the bottom line, um, not the triple bottom line that we all love. Uh, but uh, they decided that they would ask us what we could do at the trade show to sort of, uh, I'll just say in a clandestine manner, do something that that people didn't know that that company had been a part of, uh, but come up with some sort of a marketing, a guerrilla marketing stunt that would uh, sort of out this guy a bit. And so the idea we collectively came up with was to print uh, this a-hole of a CEO's 
picture on a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> and, um, and so we produced, I don't know what it was, uh, 500 rolls of toilet paper. And we worked with the client uh, and a company in town to, um, to go in early morning before the trade show got going. And this is back when, before they had the massive toilet paper roll things and you could just have the regular toilet paper stuck in there and they were hired to go in on our behalf they had to sign NDAs we signed NDAs to switch out the toilet paper right before the trade show and you can imagine what happened uh, every <laughs> single person was talking about it um, and uh, and so this is the best part of the story so we got a call from uh, the folks at the trade show we weren't there and they said it's working. Everybody's talking about it. They're asking who did it. Make sure you, you know, if it comes back to you, you can't say that, you know, we had anything to do with it. And we're like, yeah, we've got this. And then they asked the fateful question: Should we do this the second day of the trade show again? And you know me, uh, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it again. Like, it's not like uh, you know they're gonna think that anybody in their right mind would come back and do this the second day. So the second day went back. We replaced all the toilet paper a second time with the same CEO's face on the on the, the crazy toilet paper, and by the third day of the trade show, they had you know guards standing at the at the toilets for the rest of the show. So, <laughs> so put a feather in our in our guerrilla marketing cap for sure. <laughs> that is intense. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, no backlash ever. Just uh, escaped. That's the thing. Like, if I were to tell you the um, the name of the company now or the CEO and release that information, <clears throat> uh, it would probably come back and be a horror story for us. So this was on the edge of horror story. We were in our office, very concerned that you know the cops would show up or yeah. you know we'd lose the client or we'd be in the newspaper and there'd be some public relations story that you know got us in trouble. And and I think what we decided was that it would be such. Bad, a ba such a bad situation that it would turn into a good situation. I think people would laugh enough uh, and say that company is really cool to work for. We want to do more of this. <laughs> yeah. So to take a bad thing, a horror story, and turn it into a good thing, but neither things happened and we survived. Awesome. Glad to see you're still around. <laughs> yeah, and the risk was worth the reward. So that's yeah, awesome. It's a good story to tell for sure. So we actually have a little bit more time, and I know you've got uh, another uh, final story for us. Yeah. What you got? Yeah, well, so it's Halloween time, and so this one uh, is appropriately called The Cape. And this is one that I think a lot of people have probably had. This is more the true horror story where you've got the supply chain issues. Um, so we ordered a 1,000 power bank chargers um, for a customer to trade show. Uh, you know, And they got there the day of the show. They started giving these things out, and uh, people started coming back saying, hey, these aren't even charged. So you can imagine they're pretty much worthless at a trade show. These are people who needed power uh, at the time. They didn't have these high-powered cell phones that we have now. So it becomes a major liability for the brand. And fortunately, they weren't too far away from where we're located. So we hopped in a car. We went and picked up all the boxes. We went and brought power strips with us, all the charging lightning cars that we could find. And we sat there, and over a period of, I don't know, what it was, six, eight hours, charging and funneling them back to the trade show, charging and funneling them back to the trade show so they were fully charged um, manually. I mean, completely painful. Um, and I, th I think when I think back about this situation, um, a couple things. We call it the cape because the client saw us drive to the show, put on our hero capes, and deal with this total hassle and take it mm -hmm. out of their hands as best we could. So it was an opportunity to shine and show them that we really tr were truly a, a good partner vendor uh, for them. 
And um, and then the next thing is, uh, I, I think that a good shout out to sort of the education side of this is, you know, deliver products early when you can and ensure the client opens up the box and inspects and tests the products uh, because sometimes you have enough time to get them replaced. In this case, we did not. Um, and then the best part of the story is that you know, we contacted the vendor. They were very apologetic uh, and they didn't realize it, obviously, uh, or so they said. And the vendor compensated us for our time and hassle. And that was a win-win for us. That's so we really did, cool. Yeah. So it, it, was a, it worked out for everybody. Great. We love to hear that. Well, awesome. Okay. So, yeah, uh, before we close out, um, I actually have a question for you, Danny. We, we want to make sure that we uh, finish it out on a Halloween note. So this one, I think, is a perfect question for you and your personality. So what is your favorite costume, craziest costume that you've ever worn? Yeah, every year I try and out-crazy everyone. We have a, <laughs> uh, we have a tradition at Branchul where for 20 plus years now, we've been going to the Waffle House dressed in costumes and the people at the Waffle House, the uh, the people eating there and the staff, they always look forward to seeing us. They get to vote on the most um, creative costume uh, and uh, and that person gets like a gift certificate to Waffle House, all the greasy um, smatters covered, you know, diced uh, food they can eat for a year. But it's all just a, a Halloween tradition for us. And so, um, I'll tell you the one that where I won the one time and then one that is my craziest, I think. The one where I won was when I was dressed up as a combination of Uncle Sam and Elvis Presley. And I was I was called Uncle Elvis. So I had like red, white, and blue, the big, you know, red, white, and blue top hat. I had a guitar. I had sideburns. I had the Elvis shades. I tried to sing music, which I'm not good at, which made it all the better. Um, but the one that uh, I got in trouble for was years ago you guys remember when they had swine flu was a big thing yeah yeah okay. the avian flu yeah exactly so i i ordered uh like a cheap pig snout nose uh, and i put it on my nose and i ordered um from discount labels or gill line or stouts or something a uh, thousand i have swine flu stickers that i made <laughs> oh, and everybody i saw i would touch them and put i would touch them and put i have swine flu on them and sometimes <laughs> Sometimes they didn't realize that I had touched them, so I'd put it on their back or, you know, whatever. And so they would walk around all day with the sticker that says, I have swine flu. It was not funny, but it was sort of funny to me. I think it's hilarious. I think that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It was a pretty simple costume, very simple and powerful. Oh, funny. Oh, At least you didn't dress it. up like a, as a bola like Taylor's done before. Yeah, what, what would you do, Taylor? A bola? <laughs> yeah. A tie? This is this is one where I kind of look back and cringe, but like to me, it's funny because it matches like my sense of humor. I thought that it was hilarious to be a an Ebola patient back in college. Oh, Ebola. Yes, Ebola. Oh, yeah. yes. Not a, not so a bowler went, hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So so yeah, I dressed up as a, a patient and probably pretty uh, distasteful, but I thought it was funny at the time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that—that's uh, you're going to hell. But, <laughs> but I mean, I was already headed there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I think that's where all the good bands are, anyway. So I'll see you there. Perfect. Stephen, Stephen, what about you, man? Uh, I I dressed up as the most interesting man in the world, um, and I did it a couple years running because I I, th I think I've told Taylor this where the the best part about dressing up as the most interesting man in the world is you get to carry around your own beer. So as a prop. <laughs> So it was my way of 
talking to all the the people at the front of the bars and saying, no, this is part of my costume. Like I have to bring in this case of Dos Equis. So, so and it worked. It was a uh, it was a success. So I, I I did it two years in a row. Is that how you won over Eliana? <laughs> yeah, only in costume. She didn't realize the beard wasn't real until until later. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Awesome. Well, if you have any. Um, if anyone out there has any crazy rushes, just like we've had crazy costumes, the people you can go to would be Hit Promotional Products. They have awesome turnaround times, and they have said if you have some rush orders that you still need to get done for Halloween or for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is also in October, uh, they have awesome items that you can check out and get in time. So make sure you check out Hit Promotional Products. Danny, Taylor, thank you so much. It was awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. This has been another episode of Promo Horrors. Tune in tomorrow as we hear another nightmare tale from the promotional products industry.